0: ESPN LA 710.
1: Welcome to the experience here on ESPN LA 710. I'm Laferne Cusack. Thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate it. Uh, Happy Veterans Weekend to all those veterans out there. Thank you so much for serving our nation. Uh, Today, we're talking golf with uh, my good friend and former professional golfer, Troy Grant, for more information. Troy Grant Golf. Troy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, as I'm adjusting my headset and the way I hear things, you have a very interesting story of how you got into golf. Um, It wasn't your passion at first, and you just picked it up. Let's talk about how that happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, I played all sports growing up. Um, Baseball was probably my biggest standout sport. And then, um, you know, golf got introduced to me from a neighbor, and I just uh, picked it up and, and started hanging out at the golf course every day. And uh, just started learning, learning from from, from the pros at the club that I grew up at. Um,
1: who are some of the pros you worked with?
0: Um, well, the guys that got me started on the golf. There was a gentleman named Mike, um, Len Canette, who owned the pro shop, who thankfully, you know, let me work and kind of earn range balls so I wouldn't have to pay for them. And then Because um, it was there- expensive. Oh, yeah, it was very expensive. I couldn't afford that, so... So yeah, I mean, I'm very thankful and grateful for them. Um, and then I just kept working at it. I just it was before school, after school. Um, I just kind of fell in love with being myself, and just you know, golf. Golf. It's all you know, everything's your responsibility. It's not a team, so I kind of like that about about um, about the sport. It's it's individual. It's not a team, so. Uh- I,
1: And,
0: but you loved baseball as well. Yep. Baseball was my main thing. So I was, I played center field all my life since, since, you know, T ball pretty much. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was the sport I, I really wanted. And then golf just kind of took over in high school and, and I went from there. So, but I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm I'm a sports fanatic, you know. So,
1: so what were your thoughts when uh, the Cubs were taking over the world? <laughs> <laughs>
0: when the Cubs were taking over the world, oh man, the Cubs,
1: the Cubbies. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a
0: Dodgers guy.
1: And I know, but I mean, what what were? You, I mean, did you? watch
0: Um. Those? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. Is Growing up out here in Southern California, we don't, I mean, we know about certain teams and big organizations and yeah, the Cubs, I mean, that was huge for them. And I, I didn't know too much about like how long it's been and all that stuff since they won. So,
1: I'm, I mean, it was like for me, it's a, a family, it's a family affair, yeah. but I mean, it was like, I really truly understood the sports fan and how much heart it takes for,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, how much heart they put into being a fan. I mean, yeah. it was everything to a family, you know? It was. And it was like, I never, ever thought it could happen.
0: That's yeah. It. Well, after they were down, you know, they had to win three in a row. I mean, that's, that's incredible. So for them to do that, man, I, I couldn't believe it. Same with the NBA last year when Cleveland and LeBron took over Golden State three in a row to win. That was crazy, too, so. Man, that was nuts.
1: Like, I mean, you being immersed in all these sports, like, what is your, like, what do you feel when you're looking at LeBron or you're looking at, you know, the Dodgers losing or like, I know you're immersed in being an athlete yourself. Mm -hmm. How do you take on being a fan as a professional athlete? I don't really know. I just think,
0: you know, just growing up around sports and being a fan first, of course, and you know, being, I've just always been into sports. I've, oh, you know, I used to live in front of the TV watching, you know, ESPN yeah. since, you know, 1985. And um, I don't know. I have my, I have, of course, my die-hard teams, which is pretty much all of LA besides yeah. the Raiders, <laughs> that, who are up in Oakland soon, Las Vegas, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I'm hardcore Dodgers, Lakers, um, Kings, of course, and... Um, Yeah, the thing I think that's tough now, though, is, you know, now that I teach golf, I teach a lot of different athletes on different teams and and coaches. So now I'm getting torn into these other organizations being a fan because my friends are there. Right. So that's what's kind of funny.
1: So how does it feel from playing golf to teaching golf?
0: I I really enjoy it because it's – it's it's simple just it's easy to just transfer things over to students um, as a player versus you know I, i've've I learned different techniques and ways to to transfer um, things into into my students um, certain techniques. Um, I don't do a one swing one position fits all um, that's for some people, um, not for me. Um, I really enjoy. I really enjoy the feedback to be honest. I like getting late night texts saying how good my students played that day or or they had a hole in one or you know my junior golfers who played well in a tournament or um uh stuff like that. I mean that's that's to be honest with you that's the most rewarding cuz I've I've played golf. I've had it since you know 9 years old. Uh, Now being an old guy, (laughs) um, it's cool just, you know, passing along my gift of what I've learned and um, going from there and just just making it, making everyone play good golf that comes and and sees me.
1: So how do you take, let's say, how how would you take me that I just can't get not bending my arm when swinging, (laughs) how do you take that person and... And cut that out to where they're able to hit, just hit the ball, yeah, just make yeah, contact yeah. with the ball.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Um. I think well, the easiest thing is to always start small. I think most people get caught up into doing a full swing as a beginner, and they get caught up in wanting to get the distance. And, and it's not necessarily like that. Golf is kind of like the golf swing is like a puzzle. It's very, um, you got to piece everything slowly and short. So I have a lot of beginners. I just, you know, they barely take it, take their backswing halfway and, and go through halfway because it's important for them to learn the hand-eye coordination mm-hmm. of hitting that ball that's sitting on the ground versus, you know, where it's baseball, where it's pitching. It's different It's different, um, hand-eye coordination.
1: In what way? Because I, I feel like you loved baseball. I yeah. feel like, well, that's, you have that hand-eye coordination to transfer that
0: yeah i think well with golf like i said the ball's sitting there versus being thrown at so it's a different timing issue right because it's just sitting there so you just gotta that's why you have to work with different lengths of the swing and and um make sure the student you know gets the proper feel of hitting that ball because first is hitting the ball then the height comes in effect and then um ball direction like if we want to start working the ball which means curve it right to left or left to right that comes down later you know but you all, you work up to that hopefully hopefully
1: well let's talk about working up to first making contact with the ball <laughs> and i'm laughing because it's freaking hard yeah it
0: is it's I mean, crazy i
1: find that a lot of people have problems even connecting with the ball at first or was that just me?
0: <laughs> um, no, it, it's perfectly normal. I mean, everyone, everyone that just starts golf, it, it, it's a connection thing. You're you're standing there. You're you know you're bent over and you're swinging back, winding up to unwind into the ball. So it's it's not natural. That's what makes golf difficult. It's not a natural thing. I mean, we're bent over. We're meant to, you know, keep our heads still. How if you think about it, like. How is that normal to keep your head still as your shoulders rotate and move at a quick pace? That's not normal. So that's what makes golf tough is we're going against what our body, you know, can't do and we're trying to make it do. That's what's difficult.
1: Do you think that that aids into the deterioration of a golfer's body? Or injuries?
0: I I don't think so. I think you know, little injuries here and there. You don't you don't see many people who have too many injuries unless Unless they're really hitting tons of balls and hitting off mats is okay sometimes. Uh, mats are the you know that the turf that sits on top of the concrete at these driving ranges. Some have that, some have grass. Um, I recommend not hitting a million balls off the mats because remember you're hitting into concrete, which which you know jolts your joints, your elbows, and all that. So that kind of takes its toll. It's kind of like running on concrete versus you know grass or something. Um, but yeah, um, just going off of that, you know, the, the mats help beginners because it provides a cushion into the ball versus grass. Got it. So I like to mix it in personally. Right. Right. I like to, um, you know, have them hit off grass, have them, have them hit off mats and stuff like that. So,
1: so Troy, um, we were talking off air about, uh, my son, he's four years old and you've worked with. Athletes as young as three. Yeah. Uh, talk about how you know if your son or daughter, your child, can play golf if they're right for it.
0: When it becomes, you know, an age thing, I think three, four, five. If they're still wanting to lay on the couch and watch, you know, SpongeBob, <laughs> and they're whining about going to the driving range, then don't take them to the driving range and don't have them sign up. But you know, every kid's different. Some. Some like to get involved, and then they watch. You know, they watch people play sports, and they want to do it. So, I think um, you know, it's it's for the parents' decision to to see if they're mature enough. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're three and mature and can listen and and um, can pay attention, they can they can totally play. Yeah, so.
1: Well, you were saying that if my son, because uh, he loves to swing and yeah. all that, then he's ready for golf. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: But how would you take him on? Like,
0: First of all, I like to make it fun for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of of games mm-hmm. and drills kind of mixed in because kids can get very, very bored when they're younger because they're kind of understanding why they're there, but they don't really know why they're there. <laughs> right. So, but they but they like to see the ball fly, so um right. it's uh definitely mixing in games and drills is is yeah. is um is a fun thing for kids, and that makes them you know really enjoy it,
1: yeah, yeah, I definitely know that I mean, I think it would be really fun just to see him just go out to the golf course and you know if he takes to it, then that's great, you yeah,
0: know? all it takes really is that. One hit where that ball goes flying, the kids kids just fall in love yeah. it's like yeah it, it and, and and same thing with grown ups I mean, I used to have you know friends that you know they made fun of golf and golf was this, and golf was that, but now they all play golf, <laughs> and now I'm teaching a lot of them, and it's like, hey, what happened in high school when uh when golf? You know, was the was the lame sport?
1: Right. <laughs>
0: now you guys are all playing, bugging me for lessons.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So it's pretty funny.
1: Yeah. So I I know you take on a lot of teams, like company teams and stuff. How how does that fit into your training program? Is it all? at once or is it a one-on-one type of thing to start you know training people in golf like um like like you said that you are going to be working that you work with corporate teams
0: oh yeah corporate events yeah so
1: you come in and is it an individual where you start off how do you start no no
0: normally corporations because golf is is worldwide huge now and you know, there's reps, every company has reps that are out in the field, right? And no one no one um no one does business meetings at restaurants anymore. They uh, go golf for 5 hours. Right. So therefore, these corporations, they want everyone learning golf. So they come see me. And yeah, it starts out at like 20 people and goes up to 50.
1: That's something.
0: Yeah, so I'm teaching a lot of the, you know, corporate world and that's always fun. I mean, it's a full day. Mm-hmm. You know, some are out of town, some are in town and um you teach them what you can and you know hopefully they get a lot out of that day and then a lot of them a lot of them return probably once a month so mm-hmm.
1: going from the a professional golfer to training people that love and desire is still there for you how do you how do you keep that going how do you keep you know getting back out there
0: i just have fun i mean it's simple <laughs> i just think it's fun you know, like.
1: LaFern, I just have fun. What? <laughs> yeah. There's no in-depth story. They're,
0: as far as just keeping it in my life, I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's just transferred over, you know, from playing to teaching. and.
1: I mean, is it incorporated in all you, like, do?
0: You know what's funny is I, when I'm done with my day of instruction, I leave golf there besides emails and all that stuff when i get home but yeah i i don't talk much about it unless people you know may bring it up but i you know i go off doing things with my you know my kid and and um i have a lot of different hobbies i love car shows concerts i go to tons of sporting events so I kind of, you know, golf is always in the, always in my brain, but sometimes I got to move it to the back Right. (laughs) and, and, um,
1: well, when you were on the golf circuit and you're, you know, training and also, you know, competing, what was your mindset? You know, everyone talks about how you have to, it always has to be total mind, body and soul when you're out there on the golf course. How did you formulate golf in your brain? Did you separate it or... Was it always golf 24-7?
0: Oh, yeah. It was definitely always golf. Um, yeah, I mean, the see, when all this training, like muscle training that all the guys are doing now, that's all kind of new that started. Tiger always did it, but no one else really did up until, I want to say 10 years ago, when people started getting crazy about training, training. But for me, it was, you know, wake up, go chip and putt right when the sun's coming out, hang out with the old guys that are about to play because they always play super early, you know. And, um yeah, that's all I thought about. So, like, that was growing up. And then professionally, yeah, I mean, that's your office, the golf course. So, you know, I'm there all day hitting hitting lots of balls, not doing too much chit-chatting, kind of um, just focused, always reading books, always studying what other people are doing, learning from others. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to just mentally is be, just being mentally strong. Um, that's a lot of it because you got to visualize your golf shots. Mm-hmm. You got to, um, you visualize your golf shots. You have all your notes for the course you're playing that week. You got, you know, if you have bad holes, you got to stay positive to recover, to, um, uh, you know, make, Good comeback holes, birdies coming in maybe. And um, so, yeah, it's very mind – it's very mind-grueling, you know. But that's what that's what made the – that's what the best – the best players have the strongest minds, the best, the very elite players. Tiger – I mean, Tiger Woods and, uh, you know, a lot of the new young guys like McElroy and, and all those guys, they – it's rare for them to bogey a few holes in a row, which is, you know, not good and um they'll come back and have two, three birdies and an eagle and it was like it never happened cuz they can forget about it and they're so confident in their skill that that they just make it happen right. like there's nothing there's no oh my gosh i played bad last hole or or anything like that it's it's go 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 it's it's full throttle the whole time
1: there's a theory that if your body your body can tense up if you're still thinking about that last shot you missed that last play that last whatever that you just didn't make make it that your body tenses up and you're unable to move forward and and get back into the game it did you find that as well
0: oh yeah every everyone goes through that we all have different days, different different you know ups and downs, yeah, that's the part that you you need to keep away and out of yourself you need to just. You know, have your mind to go somewhere else. My caddy used to always, um, who was a friend, he used to always, um, you know, bring something funny in my golf bag. So if I had a bad hole, he would say, you know, he'd show me the, showed me something and make me laugh and, you know, I kind of zoned out. But once you're, once you're out there and you're done with that hole or you're done with that shot, you can't go back. So why even think about it? right the shots over the holes over whatever score he made on that hole but that's what makes it you know um makes it a struggle for everyone is you know their mind is always uh going through so much different thoughts different pressures i mean think about think about all we think about over each shot we're checking the wind we're going back and forth about what club we should hit is this going to be too much is an eight iron going to be too less is you know where's the flag where's the breaks here blah 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 there's so much going in on every single shot so it's very you're so focused that sometimes you're just like in the zone and then you could just snap out of it with that anger so it's actually not good to get mad because that way you stay in that in that mind frame on every hole the moment you get mad and blow up mm-hmm. is when your zone kind of kicks out mm-hmm. and then you're and then you're cluster brain for a little
1: bit. Did that ever happen to you?
0: Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> um can you
1: describe what happened?
0: Well, as I as I matured, as I got older, you know, all that stuff kind of happens less cuz mm-hmm. you get smarter, people are teaching you, you hang out with you know, great professionals and instructors and stuff like that, and you kind of learn to overcome things like that. But yeah, I mean, I would say where I had the biggest um uh i don 't know what you'd call it bad behavior attitude <laughs> it was always in i think high school mostly like we used to have these stand bags and you 'd put them down on the ground to hit your shot and the and the stands that held your bag up were aluminum and if I hit a bad shot. I was for sure hitting that stand with my club. And I eventually hit them so much that they were just bent and looked like oh, broken legs. God. Yeah. So,
1: did you have that guiding force behind you that someone that was like, hey, man, you need to chill? Dude. Back then,
0: <laughs> back then, to be honest, no. I mean, oh, we, wow. yeah, we just, you know, high school golf events, you're kind of just out there with, you know, three different schools, four different schools, I think. And, um, you know, they're your competitors out there, your coaches. And coaches will see you, but it wasn't like you know they don't they don't go crazy about it. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's your initial natural response to something. I wasn't doing it to be cool. Mm-hmm. It was just like I was so mad because I was, I'm so competitive. So that's what um, you know just drove me. Okay, I gotta hit something. You know, right. Right. So that's what I would do. Wow. A lot of kids do did that, and probably still do.
1: Um, you talked about your caddy. How did you go about choosing him to be your, you know, guru? Your number one, your ace in the hole. Um, well, the thing
0: is, you don't really, unless you're like, you know, full, full, full time traveling the world and stuff like that. That's, I, you'll have like more of a personalized caddy. I kind of, I would grab certain ones at courses because they're members there and they know the course. Let's say I'm in Arizona or or Oregon and I don't know the course then I'll grab a on course caddy that lives there that knows the place and I'll get to know him for you know two days and then I'll be like all right tournament time <laughs> let's go so yeah sometimes you learn about people on the fly and you know if you click you click you mm-hmm. kind of know that so
1: well how important is the caddy to you know the professional golfers out there right
0: um now? it's definitely it's very important because that's like your team um Different pros have different ways and things they want their caddies to do. Some want, you know, the club offered to them first and kind of make a decision for you, then you kind of pick. Some want the greens to be red, the breaks um, for the player. Um, Some players, you know, want the caddy to do everything. Some don't want them to do anything. Me, I just basically wanted. Um, someone giving me a fresh mind all the time, and mm-hmm. keeping me up, and keeping me. You know, if I hit a bad shot, I I wanted reassurance immediately. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I all I ever wanted was keep keep my mind, keep me happy, <laughs> and keep my cubs clean. <laughs> That's it. My clubs have to be clean, of course, but right. they all they all do that. But yeah. I just I like reading the, my own greens. I like getting my own yardages. And if you know, if I have a thought. I prefer, you know, me to go, hey, do you think we should try this? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like just like having a second person with you. So
1: you, when you're talking about how when you, you're up on the golf course and you're thinking about all these things, who do you look at or who have you seen where you go, oh, yeah, I know they're thinking about this. Oh, I see this. They're trying to analyze this. Like when you watch professional players right now, golfers, do you see their mindset of how they approach the game or that next shot?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I that's never really changed. I mean, we every every good player, and you know, we all have pre-shot routines. Um, whether it's two practice swings, get behind the ball, visualize the shot. Um, you know, everyone kind of has their own pre-shot routine mm-hmm. and focus. Uh, everyone still, everyone still definitely does the same stuff. But yeah, I can. You know, I could see the way if they're setting up, if they're going to hit a high shot or a draw or a fade or or a low one or, you know, just based on where their ball is positioned. Oh, really? And, um, yeah, then as far as the, the green surface where they putt, that's kind of hard to tell on TV because you, you're not low to see the contours. But um, you could pretty much... You could pretty much, you know, I, I get what everyone's hitting. I know a lot of their natural shots. Some guys like to just hit, you know, natural fades or draws. A fade is a left to right ball flight. Draws a right to left. Um, like who? Um, They all kind of mix a little bit. But um, going back to Tiger, he he it fades a while back, like back, back in the early days. And then he turned into a draw ball hitter. So... Um, there's a lot of different, I
1: think that's because of his injuries.
0: No, no, it has nothing to do with that. I think he just, he's always looking for an edge and the ball goes further with a draw, but it's less accurate. Most say quote unquote, I don't think that's true. I mean, I, you know, if your hands could do the same thing every time, then a draws the same as a fade, you know what I mean? As far as. If no, you can do that, yes. If you can consistently <laughs> do something, yeah, but yeah. but you know, a lot of them. Uh, I think a lot of them at draws now, but they mix it in because on every hole's different. Sometimes you got to hit a fade. Sometimes you got to hit a draw, depending on the the angle of the hole.
1: What is your favorite uh, uh, course to play on?
0: Like, where's my favorite course? Yeah, ever favorite? or just that I play.
1: That you play here.
0: Yeah. There's, uh, let's see.
1: Let's take the one that we played at for the uh oh
0: industry hills,
1: yeah, Jason David yeah
0: industry donation. hills industry hills has a lot of crazy holes, I mean those things are like all dog leg rights or dog leg lefts and um yeah, I mean like the, the first hole there, for instance, on the big course, the Eisenhower course, it's a dog leg right par five, so that T shot though you could hit it pretty much straight and then it'll bend around the corner, but that that course has so many you know undulations like number two there you gotta you gotta um you know hit a short iron you gotta you know it's very you gotta place all your shots perfectly pretty much on some of those holes
1: now uh i know i was looking up what uh jack nicholas was talking about he was talking about how oakmont have you ever played there no oh no no no. yeah he was saying that that was most difficult for him yeah Um, um what makes a course difficult for you as a player Troy?
0: Um for me, I grew up on a wide golf course which, where the fairways are wide, not a lot of trees. So me naturally going into a really old school country club where the fairways are much more narrow now and there's a bunch of trees, that's always difficult for me. And desert golf is difficult because um you know, growing up in Southern California, it's not, you know, besides Palm Springs like Real desert golf like Arizona, it's nuts there. You got to hit it in the fairway. And all all those courses have always troubled me because, you know, I I grew up with these huge fairways. So I could, you know, I could kind of have more leeway with things. Mm -hmm. Like I could go, okay, I can miss it a little left or a little right and I'm good. But Arizona, you miss that fairway, you're in rocks (laughs) and your clubs are like done on the next shot hitting it out of the rock. Really? Yeah, I had my last year's playing there it was a uh, um I'm trying to figure out the course uh true north actually yeah in, in north north scottsdale um that course like i showed up with my new clubs i was all cool you know my <laughs> my your new, gear your hat my new Titleist <laughs> irons all shiny and all nice and you know everything's cool and the very first hole, I hit a you know a sweet drive and it like had this crazy bounce and went right. So I'm like, okay. So I get up there and it's like it's not sand like a bunker. It's a yeah. it's, it's like it's rocks. Like this is real desert that they just put this golf course on and laid out in between. So I go and I'm like, okay, I'm 150 yards out. You know, <laughs> I grab my nine iron and I go wham and hit it and all this rocks and pebbles and stuff are flying all over the place i look at my club i'm missing like three grooves the number on the bottom i can't read my new iron is just totally thrashed after that week i was in the rocks so much that i had to have them send me another set of irons the following week
1: why do people play there then i mean because Um, it is difficult because
0: i they're really nice courses but they're really tough But, yeah, and there's not a lot of golfers out there. A lot of people can, you know, play, and it's not like here where it's super, you know, Mm. crowded, five, six-hour rounds. There, you could play a full round in three and a half hours, so.
1: How do you push yourself to get to the next level? Um, Like, I know, like, you play professionally, but now do you continue to do that as— a coach as a trainer
0: do i no i me personally i'm i've you know i i i stopped playing in 2013 and i kind of just left that there and and strictly moved to this profession so well,
1: how do you do that how do you get your um, the people that you train to the next level
0: oh um just proper training how i was taught and and um you know, some, some are doing it as a hobby mm-hmm. and some really want to get good. So you have a mixture of students. Um, I teach them all the same, but the ones that can't be consistent, I can't do a whole lot with because their dedication really isn't there. Cause they're just like the weekend golfer. But, um, I, always, I, I give them, you know, emails on what to do, um, good bullet points and what to practice in between lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, different stretches, Um, I'll send them like little, you know, little quotes or or booklets on things to read, maybe from a past golfer or, Mm -hmm. or another instructor that I look up to and stuff like that. So, you know, if they want to, you know, really dig in, then I dig in for them.
1: Right. Um, And I know that you said that you had uh, great trainers, great people that supported you. What was uh, something that, you know, one of your instructors, instructors did for you that got you that edge or helped you excel um yeah i i growing up
0: you know, i had the local you know golf golf pros helping me out kind of you know, here and there with my grip. But to be honest with you, during those days, like I was very, I kind of did a lot on my own. Um, the guy that got me into golf, he kind of like threw me out there and just said, here's your grip, go hit a bunch of balls. So I kind of did that route. And then there was a couple local pros um, that I worked with. And then right when I got into college, I would say, you know, I started, you know, hanging out with more of the local elite. You know, instructors, which was like Bobby Laskin, who has a lot of, you know, up and coming students to this day. Like mm-hmm. he's raised so many good junior golfers. And then uh, Sean Callahan, who's with Butch Harmon School of Golf in Las Vegas. I would say, you know, I wish I had met him earlier um, in my career because those guys train the best. They're around the best. Um but going through him really improved my game. And and I take a lot of what I learned there um, mm-hmm. into what I teach now. Um, everyone knows Butch Harmon. He's the Michael Jordan of golf instruction. Yeah. So and Sean Callahan and his dad, Don, they both work there, mm-hmm. you know, along with him. And they run huge, you know, clinics. They do, you know, private one on ones and top players in the world are there weekly like nonstop and so you know i i always now being being an instructor i'm always picking on Sean's ear hey you know i need i need to figure this out can you look at this video like he's he's mentored me a lot into my transition into golf instruction mm-hmm. so if i have a question if i need to learn something or know something you know he's my go to so right. i'm very lucky to have you know someone like him and and the Butch Harmon Academy, you know,
1: there. Uh, This is ESPN LA 710. I'm Laferne Cusack speaking with Troy Grant. He is a golf coach and professional. For more information, you can go to TroyGrantGolf.com. Troy, now I think that what you're saying is very interesting because you have – as a professional golfer, to take what you know and the skills you know, not everyone can train. Not everyone can go from a professional athlete to a coach. There's there's things that you have to do to transition. Can you talk about one of the things that you learned transitioning into being that coach? That
0: um, Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to, you know, the, the toughest thing is the patience part, you know, dealing with you know, you know, you go from hitting the ball perfectly and, you know, being with pros and all that stuff to now going, whoa, this person's a beginner. You can't Mm -hmm. hit the ball, you know, just getting to know people. Um, every person is different physically, Mm -hmm. um, um, and what they're able to do. Um, mentally sometimes, you know, people come from work to me and, and they're all, you know, still worked up over work. And, you know, I, it, it's not really just golf instruction. It's kinda like it's kinda like you're a psychologist at the same time because I gotta know if this guy's angry, you know, I gotta I gotta kinda word things correct. If I know this guy's a you know, a perfectionist, I gotta you know, everything's different, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. So that's what keeps me on my toes, that everyone is different and that's what I think keeps it, you know, fun and alive. I actually enjoy doing all of that and learning about uh new people and and, and uh, you know, what they're skill levels can be and what they are you know before they see me
1: what is your coaching style then or do you have one is
0: um i've learned different swing techniques but i've also learned as an instructor that not every student can do certain swing techniques and styles that are out there there's you know there's different names for different styles i don't want to say any because i'm not really fond of them
1: <laughs> why
0: um i just don't think teaching one certain style for all these different body types is smart it's not you know you may be more flexible than that guy you know he may be taller than you shorter like it that all plays that all plays into swing types swing techniques and all that stuff I prefer going, Hey, you know, if you if you've already golfed and here's your swing, I'm gonna pick it apart, I'm gonna add good things and we're gonna make it good. That's what I do versus oh, you know, I read this book and I think you should swing <laughs> like this today. Like I don't go about that. I, I I do things naturally. So I if I see something simple, there's times where I'm where I feel like I've done my job in ten minutes, the first ten minutes. Oh wow. Yeah, where you know, it could have been something simple as the, the my student's not releasing his hands or, or his hips aren't turning or, you know, simple things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was. So why would I go through this whole change and try to get him to believe and and swing a certain way that's not really – there's no real correct way or correct anything. It's – it's what you're able to do. Mm-hmm. So,
1: Have you seen any, like, the professional golfers out there kind of th- that you know that kind of goes with that type of thinking? Like, it's not just about a certain swing, but...
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Bubba Watson, he's a uh, multiple Masters winner. Very long, long off the tee. He, he has a homemade swing. Never had a lesson, and he's out there you know, one of the top golfers in the world. And he he doesn't like to get involved in technical stuff. Where's this? Where's that? You know, a lot of people get into that as far as, because they think there's something there that can better them. So then they'll try it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes you go backwards and guess what? You start missing cuts. You start losing money. And that's what happened with Tiger. I, I, his last coach was someone that, that had a one swing method. He kind of modernized a certain swing and had Tiger do it. Tiger's six one and can't be swinging the way he did. And he's flat footed. He's, he, he was too flat footed. Tiger likes to swing with power, a lot of quick hip action, a lot of quick everything. So he slowed down, swung flatter. You know, he couldn't time anything. Balls started going right and left, right and left. He's, he, um,
1: but can't you feel that as an an athlete? Can't you feel that when you're like, "Oh my"?
0: Definitely. And I think you know, when you're at that level and under under the watchful eye of everyone in the world like he is, I don't think he didn't want to look like like bad by just going, "Okay, next coach, next coach." I think he just tried to work with it. It takes time to build a swing though. So, first you got to believe in it, which he did. And then you know he 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 wasn't that person he was under butch Harmon or hank haney um so but you know now now i I've seen his swings lately, and he looks like he's going back to his old self, so that's a good sign so um if he's doing that, that's what fits him mm-hmm. he can't be swinging flat means you're swinging around your body, meaning like not above your shoulders so much. You're just swinging kind of around the back of your shoulders. And when you're 6'1 doing that, it's very hard. There's a couple of pros that can do that. Matt Kuchar is one of them that swings pretty flat. But mostly it doesn't work. And Tiger just, you know, he couldn't get everything going. And then you had the injury and all that jazz. So, But he's looking good as far as the videos I've seen on, on, you know, Instagram and all that stuff. So hopefully... December when he comes back and plays in his event, he'll look good because you know I'm a huge, huge Tiger Woods fan. Yeah, so
1: yeah, um, you talk about video. You use video in your process as well. Tell us, tell us about that and why that's so important for you as a, a coach.
0: Videos are, I, I to be honest with you, I don't, I video a little bit just to give them the the visual of what we're working on and trying to do and then i kind of take it away from there reason being is when you get too technical trying to you know do certain things on video they always want to look oh can i look at that swing can i look at that swing like they just always they get caught up in the looks mm-hmm. versus the feel feels what makes the results right yes. so so looking at pictures and going okay is my hand here okay that <laughs> looks great but you're hitting it bad that doesn't do nothing. <laughs> so I, I kind of, I'm more of, you know, that goes back to my way of teaching. Mm-hmm. Someone may not be able to feel that specific method that someone else is tied into doing with every student. With me, they're working with their own feel and I'm adding pluses to everything, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm taking away the the bad things and putting in the good things so
1: can you describe an experience or or that situation where you may have seen a talented young golfer but they may have had some things that you could you know add to it
0: yeah a lot of a lot of the young kids and or high i should say college high school they all swing really hard so a lot of times if you just tell them to you know, throttle it back a little bit, that does wonders for those kids. Like, because when you swing fast, you know, you got to understand something. You only have like a second to explode from the top to the, to the ball. So, um, a lot of times when you're swinging too hard, things just get, you know, the hips get, get too in front of you. You start, you know, opening up the face cause your, your hips are so far and your hands are left behind I mean, all, all kinds of different stuff happens. So just doing something like that, like I could just say, hey, slow down your swing. And then they'll start slowing down their swing and like, oh, I'm hitting it straighter. I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, yeah, exactly. You're not swinging all over the place. So I always tell people just to swing within yourself. If you feel like your body's moving around everywhere, then chances are you're swinging too hard. If if the ball is being topped, that means if you're hitting the top of the ball and it's just rolling 20 yards after that hard powerful swing then you're swinging too hard your body's lifting up everything happens your shoulders are going flying what happens your chin's in the way of your shoulder so what's going to happen when your shoulder hits your chin it's going to take it up right (laughs) everything's going to fly whiplash yeah yeah so everything every it's just a chain reaction that's why i just tell people start slow and smooth and gradually gain gain the 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 speed through the ball
1: so what do you do with athletes uh, that are experienced and then want you to come in and maybe break them of habits that they've already formed
0: yeah there's working working with you know professionals and and really good amateur golfers it's not it's very simple because they have almost everything correct mm-hmm The simple part is getting it, getting them the, the information, but the difficult part, even though everything is so perfect normally that you really got to look for that little thing that's causing whatever issue the player might be having. Mm -hmm. And so your eye must be, you know, good for that because I could go out there and swing right now and I haven't hit many balls lately. And I probably have a couple things that are off naturally because I haven't been hitting. And, um, you know, and I, okay. for someone to see what I'm doing, they'd probably have to really, you know, hone in on on a video. Mm-hmm. You got to do a lot of videos with good golfers because you got to really, you know, rewind, kind of go through different things. But so,
1: does that affect them, though? I doing mean, what? What, showing them the video does that no, go against no, no. your your practice?
0: No, no, no. They good players like they they see because they understand an amateur that doesn't golf that much when they see a video they don't understand even what they're looking at i mean i have to go hey look at this those guys know exactly that's why they videotape them them you know video record themselves and all that stuff and they're able to fix a lot of it on on themselves because Mm -hmm. because you know they're hitting thousands of balls right so it's it's easier to fix something like that fix someone like that
1: well Okay, so if they're hitting thousands of balls, why why aren't you doing that then as like <laughs> Cuz I am done with them. that life.
0: <laughs> 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 I'm in now instructing. I get to stand <laughs> and critique all day. But yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, it really is. It's 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 a joy and I get to you know, just always be around the same people and gain friendships and Stay local, you know. Right. Like I don't complain about that four hundred five traffic anymore because <laughs> traveling's more, you know, crazy than that four hundred five. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I know because yours you're talking about how difficult it was to be away from your son mm-hmm. at the time, and that you know now know. it's like
0: yeah, now God I changed. see him, you know, now I'm with him every day. So that was that's that's always the plus, yeah. you know, that's just being there and you know having having my work and teaching everyone and getting getting everybody better and then you know having having my my outside of golf life you know
1: yeah yeah um so when you look at you you're talking about the young uh, people that you train um are you able to spot like the the person that has the natural talent on a team and if so What do you look at to see? oh, yeah, that person is, has.
0: Yeah, you could just tell the, the, the form first, of course, the, the sound the ball makes off the club. A lot of people, you know, instructors and good players, they know sounds like the way the ball hits the face. Like a lot of people, you know, would say, oh, when, when so-and-so hits the ball, it's like a total different sound. It's amazing, you know, and. Um, Tiger's effect, like his ball's crazy off the club face. And then, you know, they, Roy McIlroy, who swings really hard. Like when you hear him hit his driver, it's unreal. It's like, how did that make that sound? Like, it's just so weird. So you just, so with young people, it's kind of like the same thing. Like you see their form, you go, oh man, he has good form. And then you kind of watch the way the ball is flying a little Mm. bit. And you kind of see, once you start seeing a little consistency, then you kind of know, okay, yeah, this guy, he's probably one of the top players on the team or, or you know, as a junior.
1: So you're going to, let's say you're taking me out for my my first golf lesson, Troy. Well, you, try, you tried to teach me <laughs> once, but it didn't work out.
0: That wasn't really a lesson, though. That was...
1: <laughs> you gave up like five minutes and you're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> Did it last that long? <laughs> No, <laughs> oh, my, it was so funny because the, my team they were like, "Okay, you'll go last, Lafern. Just, just hold oh up." <laughs> I said, "I'll just, I'll just sit here." That's all right. <laughs> it's difficult. It's really difficult. Yep, it is. But once you maneuver it, once you get the skills, mm-hmm. then you start enjoying the game because yep. it's you. It's you and the golf course, right?
0: Yep, just you and the course. There's no. I always tell people that try to have the perfect cosmetic swing, you know, like there's no pictures on that scorecard to show your beautiful swing. Like there's, there's, I always, I always say like there's more ugly swings on the PGA Tour that have won more tournaments than the pretty swings, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's what works for you. That's the bottom line. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. So
1: what has surprised you over these years about golf? I I, I know people have become more and more involved with golf. I know your friends, they were making fun of you when you were playing golf back in high school, but now they want to, you know, play now. Yeah. What has changed the most for you with golf and how people view golf
0: um definitely equipment everything equipment nowadays is nuts like you have all these different adjustments um there's no like you could screw in your own shafts into the heads now there's so much different things nowadays from golf back then because like you'd break your break your driver head off your shaft and You'd have to wait three days to to get it glued and all that stuff, and you're like, "Oh man, now now you put your own club together. It's weird. It's like the balls are going further. Golf's so different. Like now, but it, it helps a lot of players as well because people are hitting it further now. So people that I teach, like the amateur golfers, it helps them. It helps them play better golf. So I think a lot of amateurs nowadays they're hitting it better and playing better because of the of the of the new equipment really? and the new technology and and all these different brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and you you've chosen Titleist as your <laughs> brand. That's what you love to work with.
0: Yes, definitely. They're Titleist is like, it's, it's the professional, it's the golf brand. Um, I've, I've played all different companies. I'm a fan of everyone. Um, as far as Titleist for me, just what, what they make and, and their professionalism and their, um, and what they do, Mm -hmm. you know, is, is, is pretty, is pretty, um, good for everyone. Like the balls that are made clubs, everything's top notch, but you know, I I think every all these brands now, they're all they're all up there. You know, there's not one that's that's um I mean there's a couple that have fallen off this past year, but everyone the top brands, they're all pretty much up there on the same level. Titleist for me has just always been the the brand of the professional. And so that's that's why um you know, I've always I'm grateful to be a part of Titleist. So.
1: And when I I come to you and say, hey, hey, Troy, what's up? Take me <laughs> out on the course. What would you, Tell me about that process. What would I do, and how would you make me an elite golfer?
0: I wouldn't take you out on the course right away. <laughs> <laughs> we would hit lots of balls first, definitely, and, and work on different techniques before we went out on the course. But, I mean, for the beginner or the person that doesn't play that much, you could start flirting with the course after a couple months, you know, and that's why there's different courses, too. You got par three courses, which are really short. The holes are anywhere from 70 to 100 and, you know, 200 yards. And so those are good learning courses to build up. Mm-hmm. Goes back to what I said in the beginning. You know, everything is work from work small to big, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't just jump to big. That's why when you go to these courses, these big courses, you'll see you'll see. um golfers and you're like what are they doing out here and that's why there's a lot of rounds that are taking forever for everybody's because you get these people out there that shouldn't belong on that type of course you know they should be at the smaller course but mm-hmm. they're showed up at the big boy course and now they're holding everybody up <laughs> so i mean it,
1: you're out there judging them you're like get off the course. yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean it it's it, it's you know it's always gonna happen but mm-hmm. but um yeah it's not the correct thing to do Cause yeah. It's not even helping them it's it's killing their confidence because these holes are really far, and they can't even hit it that far, yes, so why not stick to a shorter
1: course? Yes, for the younger participants, how should like parents look to a coach like yourself like what should we look for in a golf coach if we want to get our kids involved
0: um look for look for someone that can make it fun i mean i always preach fun because that was always preached to me like it just makes a difference Mm -hmm. um i think a stern coach when they're young it could be a little intimidating for Mm -hmm. for kids so someone that makes it fun i mean there's i know uh, lots of instructors that just teach kids and they have all these cool toys out there like these little you know uh swinging drills the styrofoam things and You know they make it fun and kids like that Mm -hmm. because you're mixing in different things with what they're doing. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I I, it doesn't need to be a serious thing when they're kids. You know, like you gotta, you gotta, you teach them and then you let them kind of roll a little bit on their own. You give them a little independence and then you bring them back to the instruction part. You know, you kind of, you let them test the waters a little bit and then you kind of, you know, guide them. Of course, they learn etiquette. Um first because etiquette's a huge thing for kids to learn because you know walking in the line of someone else isn't good because they're going to get mad because you walked on their line and you know when they put and uh you don't want them talking while people hit you don't want them walking behind somebody while they hit yeah it's very um it's very uh you know you got to respect golf is is a professional game you, you learn how to respect people and do what's right there's no it's not like baseball or, or basketball where you're booing and doing this yeah. and doing that to your competitors you're you're you know you're your own person and you're being professional about the situation
1: have you noticed that the crowds have changed over the years big time
0: <laughs> alcohol helps that <laughs> there's yeah, yeah there's crowds are pretty rowdy out there i mean you could tell from tv even not even being there look at the Ryder cup that just happened like you know it's good and bad it kind of brings a lot of hype to the game which is cool the the tournament the waste management open in in scottsdale arizona that's like the craziest pga tour event like you have all the college people there and it like the 16 tolls a party people are drinking throwing bottles out on the course and just they're nuts there Really? Yeah. Well, but but what's funny is that no one minds it during that week. It's like well, really? it's like the party golf week. You know, it's it's kind of crazy.
1: But don't people want to win?
0: Yeah, I, it, it's like that only on the, on that specific hole. Oh, okay. it's a par three, and there's there's grandstands. They bring in these special stands, and then the col- the golfers love it because they they'll bring their sponsors will give them gifts to throw out as they're walking to the hole. They'll throw them to the crowd as if they were like a baseball player throwing a baseball to the crowd. Yeah. 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 Like Bubba Watson, for instance, he Oakley's a sponsor. They gave him a bunch of sunglasses to throw out to people. That's cool. So yeah, they all do different stuff. So they, they, it's, it's actually a really cool thing. It's not what you think. It's not like, Mm -hmm. you know, just people going crazy. It's, it's fun. It's a very fun thing to watch.
1: Yeah. Um, and, have you experienced something that on the golf course that you're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that person did that promotional thing or?" <laughs> um <laughs> like, oh, <they're...
0: laughs> No, not really. No. No. Nah, nothing nothing's that, you know, nothing was that really bizarre, <laughs> but
1: <laughs> Okay, so what about the golfers that have been on the course years and years and years? What would you say for them to look out for when selecting someone to take them to the next level?
0: Look at someone that's going to, you know, if if someone's played a long time, they obviously have the feel of what they need to do. Definitely work on more of the mind, you know, and doing that, it's visualizing your shots. Um, That's very important. A lot of people don't know anything about that. Visualizing your golf shot is, you know, in your pre-shot routine, you get back behind the ball and you look at the ball and the flag, you know, out where it is. And you visualize the way you want your ball to fly. Like if you want to hit it high and have it curve a certain way, you visualize that before you hit it because you're, what you're doing is you're choreographing what you want to happen. So when, um, so I, I really work on that with a lot of the students and they're like, man, I've never known that. Or I didn't realize it was that important. I thought you were just looking in the sky. I'm like, I'm like those pros do that for a reason. They're not just doing that to, you know, look like they're doing something. So,
1: so what do you see for golf coming up this next year?
0: It's going to be exciting. It very because all the new equipment comes out, so different technology, more, you know, different stuff and Tiger Woods is going to be back. So that's going to be cool. And then all the young guys, you know, it, it's just getting better and better it seems every year. I think it's it died down for a few years, but now these young guys are, you know, really making it exciting again. So I think next year is actually going to be a really good year for golf especially you know just seeing what tiger is going to do what he's going to play in and stuff like that i think that's really exciting yeah that's had everyone on their toes
1: yeah people were so sad they're like oh no no more tiger oh yeah i mean we we have people still hold it up oh yeah yeah like
0: all those young guys now adam well adam scott's my age but um you know, the speed, Jordan Spieth, McElroy, Jason Day, Dustin Johnson, you know, those guys are they're they're monsters out there. They do so well. And, you know, they have a lot of fans. Ricky Fowler has a bunch of fans. He's like he's like the rock star out there, you know, like the young pretty boy. So, yeah, you get there's so many, you know, people holding it up. It's yeah. it, it's not hurting at all. And then you got like Phil Mickelson, who's, you know, 40. Was he like 44 now, maybe? He's out there still beating the young guys, (laughs) but he's, you know, he's like the cool ultimate guy. Like he's everyone's guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's great. I love seeing him do well.
1: Yeah. And uh, you get to go see most of these people play. How do you know which one you're going to choose to go to and, and participate on the, as the observer, as the ultimate fan?
0: I, I look at who's playing in the event first but i don't go you know the west coast stuff i'll i'll go to and you know i'm friends with some of the players so i'll be out there but everyone knows you know who to watch and and who brings excitement and you'll you'll notice when you get there even if you weren't a golfer you'd be like wow why is there so many people over there at that hole you know it's one of the top players in the world over there Yeah, so it's definitely harder to watch those types of people. That's why I always recommend people going on Thursday, which is the first day of the tournament that starts, um, because people are working. They're kind of waiting for the weekend to go watch the tournament. That day, you could pretty much get close to a lot of people at any event. So that's always smart to do, show up on Thursday. (laughs) Or the practice rounds on Tuesday and Wednesday. Like like out here in L.A., we have – I'm not sure what it's called down in San Diego. I think it's maybe State Farm Insurance still for the San Diego Open at Torrey Pines. Um that's a great tournament to go to. It's not far from LA. And then you got the the um Northern Trust Open here in LA at Riviera Country Club, which is probably my favorite course ever in the in the world because people probably go, "Oh my god, what about Augusta? What about that? There's so many better courses." Riviera is, like, it's just special to me because those are my first tournaments I used to watch pros at. Oh. Um, the history at that course, like Ben Hogan, everyone winning there, and it's local. It's just a beautiful place, beautiful course. So that's a great tournament to go watch. All those, both those Um, Two Southern California events, I believe, are in February. So those are really good events to go
1: watch. Okay. Well, I'll check it out. Thank you so much. Mr. Troy Grant from TroyGrantGolf.com. Always appreciate your expertise, Troy. Thanks for joining me.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: I'm LaFern Cusack here for ESPN LA. For more details on this show or more podcasts, log on to ESPNLA.com. Go to the Experience Show page or check me out on Twitter, at Laferne Cusack. Thanks again. And again, happy Veterans Weekend to all those veterans that served our country.
0: ESPN LA 710.